Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. So how do we deal with these spiritual rulers and authorities that come and undermine us? We're talking about the spiritual armour of God this week, Colin. And today you're going to talk about the importance of the blood of Jesus. Why do we have victory over all these powers of the evil one? Because of the triumph that Jesus had, the victory that he won on the cross. And there's a key scripture in Colossians about this. Uh, we read in chapter 2, verse 15, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now, I've been saying we don't need to fear these, the influence of these demonic powers. Uh, we need to be aware of them, we need to be alert, and we need to use the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit to do some demon lopping, as I called it yesterday. Um, uh, you know, and I'm not being facetious when I say that. I mean, this is really what we've got to do. We've got to put these things to flight. We've got to deal with it head on. Oh, absolutely. And you see, there are some people who say, oh, I don't like all this military kind of talk. Well, it's there in the New Testament, whether you like it or not. And the great thing is, we were talking about the other day about Jesus being the mighty warrior in our lives. And so he goes ahead of us. When we come against these spiritual powers of darkness, the Lord gives us the victory. It isn't so much that we get the victory by what we do, but we exercise the authority that he has given us, the authority that has been devolved to us from him. And then he goes ahead of us and he deals with those powers of darkness. Now, he does that because he has already triumphed over them on the cross. You see, what happened on the cross? The devil thought he'd won. The devil thought that he'd been trying to kill Jesus all the way through his ministry. In fact, even from the time of his birth, he tried to kill him. He hadn't been able to do so. And it was only because Jesus surrendered himself into the hands of those who were opposing him, that the devil working through those religious authorities, now notice that it was the devil really that was working through them, was able to get his way and to kill Jesus. Now, what the devil didn't really appreciate was that this was all God's plan. And it was God's plan in order to defeat the devil, to overcome him. So Jesus took upon himself all the oppression. Uh, he was crushed for us, as well as taking our sin and our sickness. He took every negative. He was disfigured. He was, he was whipped and beaten, wounded for our transgressions. All these things he suffered, and the devil was rejoicing while he suffered. But what he didn't understand is that he was being defeated in the very process. Now, it, it wasn't, it, the, the, the victory wasn't so much in the resurrection. The resurrection was the victory over death. But Jesus triumphed. This is what this scripture is saying, you see, in, in uh, Colossians 3. Jesus triumphed over all these principalities and powers of the evil one on the cross, he displayed his triumph. 
And how do we know that? Well, Jesus suffered the ultimate of oppression when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But how did he die? Into your hands I commit my spirit. You see, Jesus came through that dark valley. He came through that place of feeling separated and isolated from his Father, which demonstrates that he was taking upon himself the consequence of our sin. He didn't have any sin, so he would never have needed to experience that separation from the Father. But he was actually bearing the consequences of our sin. He was actually... uh, dealing with all the negatives that can possibly come upon us as people. And he triumphed over them. And then he rose victorious from the grave, demonstrating that he had won the, cro- won the victory on the cross. Now, that means that in the blood of Jesus, we have the weapon that we need against the enemy. Um, we can take that blood and we can apply it to our lives in whatever way the enemy comes against us. I mean, if, if, if I'm under attack, I would say to the demonic powers, I confront you with the blood of Jesus. Now, the devil has got no answer to the blood of Jesus. It's very interesting that Satanists are told they must not drink from the communion cup. That if they drink the wine uh, in Holy Communion, they will die. Now, I've ministered to Satanists that have come out of Satanism and have become born again and wonderful witnesses of Jesus Christ. But I can remember one woman, I had to stand over her for a whole hour before she would take a sip from the communion cup because she was absolutely convinced that if she did, she would die. Now, why, why are Satanists taught that? Because Satan is afraid of the blood of Jesus. He understands it. He has no answer to the blood of Jesus. He knows that his defeat was in the blood of Jesus. I'm interested that you actually address the demon when it comes to you. Oh, I, it, it isn't, I, I don't go talking to demons. I mean, I'm not going to have a conversation with a demon. What a crazy thing to do. No, I just confront them. I just say, I confront you with the blood of Jesus. Go immediately. I'm not listening to your lies. I'm not listening to your deception. I'm not receiving anything from you. Get lost. And you see, this is the authority that God has given us. And what I was saying yesterday is often the devil comes against us, first and foremost, in our thinking. He wants to plant negative seeds of doubt in our minds. And that's why you need to take this shield of faith, because those negative thoughts are fiery darts from the evil one. It may be accusation. It may be deception. It may be lies, but it's always these negative things. You're no good. You're useless. You're going to get sick. You won't get healed. God doesn't love you. If God loved you, why has this happened to you? It's all these questioning negatives that are disruptive and undermining of faith. That's 
that's your thought life. But what if somebody actually speaks that to you? What if somebody tries to undermine you verbally? You again, again, you you do the same thing. Now, in many situations, you can actually say, "Well, I reject that. I just don't accept that. That is not the truth of God's word." In other situations, it may be difficult for you to say that openly, but you've got to do it inwardly.、Uh, I mean, you know, I've sometimes、um, at the end of meetings where the Spirit of God has moved very, very powerfully. Lots of lives have been changed, people have been healed, miracles have been happening. The devil would love to send someone to try to take away. That sense of victory. Now the victory isn't mine; it's Jesus. All the glory goes to Him because He did all those things. But it's great to see the power of God operating in that way. So sometimes, you know, I mean, on one occasion, I mean, it's it's futile, it's silly, but I can remember one occasion, a very, at the end of a very powerful meeting, one woman came, literally brandishing her umbrella at me. <laughs> Saying you are not a man of God because you shouted. You see,、ah, it's an accusation. I mean, I'm just giving you a fairly flippant one. It's easy to reject that kind of thing. And I said to her, well, in that case, Jesus wasn't a man of God because he shouted. And <laughs> that, that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> And I'm thinking of well,、uh, as well, of new believers when they go back to their family where they're often ridiculed. Now that can be very hard when it's your own family that come against you. What is your advice in that situation? Well, I have a lot of people come to see me and to talk about this, and actually not just families, but their churches,、um, because you know people know that we we、uh, see a lot of people getting healed. I have a lot of people who are sick and really、um, seriously sick, you know, and there's no support for them in their churches. Nobody believes he- in healing. The pastor doesn't help them. Uh, the attitude is well. You must just accept this and know that you're going to go. You're going to die. You're going to go to to be with the Lord. And so it's very difficult, isn't it, to hold on to your faith when you're surrounded by such unbelief. And so you know they come to see me for some encouragement, really. And、uh, what do you do in a situation like that? Well, you've got to. Do what Jesus said: hold fast to the word of God with an honest and good heart.、Um, just take that shield of faith against all those doubting things. And when you're surrounded by doubt, I,、uh, as people are sometimes in their families, sometimes in their churches, I don't say that's easy. It isn't. But still, you've got to do it. And the great thing, Julia, is that God will honor the faith. Of those who do that, and、um, all I can do in those circumstances, because these are people obviously that don't belong to Kingdom Faith Church, all, all I can do is to give them the encouragement, and sometimes you know I can put them in contact with somebody locally that I know will be able to help them, or I can say, well, if you phone our office and ask to speak, and I'll give them a name, that person will always encourage you. And when you need some encouragement, you phone, you talk to him, or you talk to her, and and they will encourage you. They will pray with you. They'll stand in faith with you. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 